Welcome to the STEM Everyday Podcast. Each episode features educators sharing their practical ideas to put more science, technology, engineering, and math into every classroom every day. For show notes and more information, visit dailystem.com. Here's your host, Chris Woods. Well, I'm so excited that today we get to chat with Grant Hosford. He is the CEO and co-founder of CodeSpark Academy. Now, if you've checked out CodeSpark.com educators, you know the uh, incredible resources that are there. It's the number one learn to code app for kids. It's got a Parents' Choice Award. A third of U.S. school districts are using it. On and on and on. But I can't wait to just have a conversation about just the importance of STEM education and all the benefits of being able to do some some great coding resources in a classroom today with with all the listeners today. So welcome to the show today, Grant. Thanks, Chris. Really happy to be here. You know, this is obviously near and dear to our heart, and we love talking to educators. I mentioned, you know, before you started, my family is entirely made up of educators. I'm maybe the black sheep of the family. Uh, <laughs> my dad's a principal. My brother's a principal. My mom's a teacher. My sister-in-law's a teacher. So uh, we have a soft spot for educators and what they do. That's awesome. So I can imagine growing up at home, you know, like you didn't want to go to the principal's office because it was dad's office too. So... <laughs> Yeah, well, I luckily never had to go to the same school, but you didn't want to go to the principal's office because the principal knew my dad for sure, yeah. and I would get like in trouble twice, basically. So yeah, I was I was mostly a good kid. You that's know, good. All kids do a few things on the side, but yeah, that's good. that's good. We believe you, Grant. So hey, uh, tell us first of all, you know, you you're the CEO of this giant uh, coding uh, resource, which uh, so many educators are using. And, and again, if you haven't, check out CodeSpark.com. Um, but just tell us a little bit of how you got started with this whole process. Yeah. So, I, you know, my career, I, I refer to myself as a recovering investment banker. I started out my <laughs> career in finance. And then in the late 90s, I moved to Seattle, which is where I'm originally from and got into online businesses and had started building digital businesses. And so have worked with, you know, coders and developers most of my career. And uh, in 2013, my daughters, who were six and four at the time, mm-hmm. asked me how computers work. And I thought oh. that was a super cool question. So yeah. I wanted to answer it in a real way. And I went looking for something I assumed existed, an ABCs of computer science. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not a computer scientist. It just made sense to me that that would be a thing. Yeah. Well, not only was it not a thing, but I found out we weren't teaching kids about computer science in elementary school. And, and really, we didn't even believe that they could learn about it, which struck me as odd because, you know, with math and English and other core subjects, we don't assume that kids can't learn about it. We just break it down into right. fundamental concepts and, and we teach them throughout their school journey. Yeah. So I decided that I was going to see if I could do that with computer science. And I started experimenting probably uh, a month after my daughters asked me that question. <laughs> and about six months later, Later, I felt like I was actually on the right track and I went looking for a co-founder who could help me build it and I met an incredible computer scientist and game designer named Joe Shockett who had built big successful online worlds with Disney for like over 13 years and wow. we joined forces and started the company so that's how it all got going that's that that's that Avengers you know whole uh, origin <laughs> story and you know you assembled your team and uh, here, here we are you know I mean you said that was 2013 and looking around and you know, there, there weren't, there really weren't very many opportunities and options available for, especially for parents, but also educators out there. And, and, and now, I mean, everybody knows about code.org and um, everybody knows about coding and, and a lot of things, especially uh, CodeSpark Academy, 
You've seen a lot of this progression, yeah. right? So It's moved really fast. So uh, it's interesting. When we first started the company in early 2014, coding was a niche nice to have. It yeah. quickly became a broad nice to have and then a broad must have. And now it's almost moving to necessary but not sufficient, right? Yeah. Which, and what I mean by that is, while all kids need to be exposed to coding as a new literacy and they, they need to learn how to make things with code so they understand how software works, what they really need to learn is how to be creative problem solvers with there technology. You go. There you right? go. Because it's, um, it's really all about problem solving. Yeah, that's right. And our, our you know economy is quickly moving from... Uh, a knowledge-based economy where people spent, you know, many years learning how to be a doctor or a lawyer and that sort of thing. And, and obviously we'll still have doctors and lawyers and they'll be important, but, mm -hmm. you know, having a ton of knowledge crammed into your head is less important today than knowing where to find knowledge and then what to do with it once you find it. Right. So we're all carrying supercomputers in our pocket now with our smartphones. Yeah. We have tons of knowledge at our fingertips, but we need to be better about using those tools to create new experiences and solve problems. And, and so that's what we're trying to get kids excited about. And I think, frankly, that's why we've been successful, because our platform does not focus on rote learning. It focuses on letting kids express themselves through making games and stories. And that does a couple things. One, it, it increases their own self-motivation, mm -hmm. right? If you're six years old, you know, do you learn more quickly about what a loop does if you're forced to because of a question on a test? Yeah. Or if you have the option of looping like a silly noise, you know, right? right? It turns out like looping a fart noise is a lot more interesting than uh, <laughs> being forced to do a test. So, and the kids on our platform, they learn from each other. So one of my favorite stories about that is a eight-year-old girl in Japan published a game mm -hmm. that had a really clever way to make an elevator. She stacked a bunch of boxes, used a disappear, reappear command and a timer to make those boxes disappear at just the right moment so that it would push the character up to the top of the boxes. Oh. She published that game on a Tuesday. Uh -huh. By that Friday, we had 8,000 games with elevators. <laughs> uh, world, worldwide wow right? and so they're 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 innovating and then sharing those innovations with each other which i think is maybe the coolest thing about what we do yeah that's awesome grant and again um chatting with grant hosford from codespark.com you talk about just all these things about coding and, and and definitely every educator right now knows about coding it's a, it's an integral part of of any stem education in a school you know we think about even even those little kids, you know, like you said, yep. there there really shouldn't be this barrier to say we can teach reading, but you can't really teach coding. How how does CodeSpark Academy work for just getting even those yep. youngest kids to start coding? One of the key ideas we had early on that it wasn't clear that it was a good idea, but it turned out to be a good idea, which is we created a no words interface. Okay. And so not only does our coding language have no words, but you know, every part of the core interface uh, is word free. So what does that do for us? Well, uh, if you think about it, you don't have to be able to read, right? And now many of our kids do read super well, but yeah. they don't want to read necessarily. <laughs> the other thing is you don't have to speak English. So you mm -hmm. can have any language as your native language and use our platform. So we actually have users in every single country in the world today. That's awesome. And then also it works really well for kids with any kind of reading related challenge or disability. So think, yeah. you know, dyslexia, ADHD, um, you know, autism, et cetera, anything that might impact willingness to read or 
ability to read is then eliminated as a barrier. So, yeah. so we started with that. And then, you know, the next step was to focus on creating, right? Mm-hmm. And so we built tools to let kids create their own video games and their own interactive stories and then share those stories with a big community of kid creators. That's- so, yeah, those two things together have really driven our success. And then with teachers specifically, we assume that teachers have, you know, for elementary school have never thought about computer science in their life. Right. right? So A, the platform is self-directed and B, we have tons of support for the teachers, curriculum, lesson plans, unplugged activities, currently free professional development. We have eight hours of online professional development that's been highly rated and uh, in particular used by hundreds of teachers in the New York City Department of Education. So I would imagine that right now when we're definitely in 2020 and you think about all the different changes to uh, making education have a lot of remote options and virtual options, um, being able to get some some resources that that kids can use at home, uh, first of all, like you said, self-directed grant where, where a kid can figure it out uh, through, through almost through play and, and experimentation is, is really yeah, that's, helpful. That's right, Chris. Well, one of the few things that's working okay in the pandemic, you know, I'm not going to say it's awesome because I think virtual learning is, is hard because we just yeah. weren't super prepared for it. I think yep. we have some good tools. We have some bad tools. It's, it's hard. But one of the things that's working okay is project-based learning. And Mm -hmm. we support project-based learning really well. And we also, for teachers, because both our app and our teacher dashboard live in the cloud, Mm -hmm. you know, you can use it in the classroom, you can use it at home, your students can be wherever they need to be. And it's still easy for you to, you know, monitor their progress and interact with them. So, so that's been a big boon. And, and we've actually been pretty aggressive about letting teachers know that even if all their students are at home, they can still use the platform for free right now. And we have a system for setting that up. So you just, you know, you register on our teacher dashboard and it, it walks you through the process of getting kids logged in on online. And, and we know, for example, that logging in is one of the biggest problems, <laughs> you know, especially for like kindergarten, first grade. So you only yeah. have to do it once and then the device stays logged in. We, we've thought a lot about the little things that can be snags uh, for teachers and their students. That's great. And again, if educators want to sign up to, to have this free resource available to them, uh, just head to codespark.com and they can they can find that. And again, they can also find all the resources and curriculum and 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 all those things. And, and I'm thinking that once those kids get excited about it, they're going to want to do it even more, right? Yeah. And uh, one of the things we're leading the charge on globally is um, making it easier for the teacher to find time in her day, right? So mm-hmm. even when the district's on board, the school's on board, the teacher's on board with teaching coding, you know, our elementary school teachers are held to incredibly high standards and are teaching a lot of subjects. Yeah. So what we've done is we've created curriculum that combines coding with English language arts, with social studies, with history, and allows those things to happen at the same time. Right. That's great. And so we actually have a grant from the Department of Education uh, that is allowing us to create that curriculum right now. And we're doing a research study on the efficacy of it with schools in the Pittsburgh area that the research part is frankly a little bit on hold because of COVID, but uh, we will have that curriculum done by next summer and we're sharing early versions of it with anybody who asks. So, you know, if you email support at codespark.com about our ELA plus coding curriculum, we're we're happy to share some of the lessons with you. That's awesome. And I think because a lot of educators are realizing that grant that, that if we just teach coding in a vacuum, you know, if we just say, okay, now it's time for coding and then now it's time for something else. Just like, just like the same thing with STEM 
education. If we just say, okay, now it's time for STEM kids, and then yep. now we're gonna now we're gonna go back to the quote unquote regular subjects. Uh, we're doing a disservice to kids. Hundred percent. Like, not only does it not make sense educationally, but it doesn't make sense in terms of how we use coding in the real world, right? Mm -hmm. like, right. Uh, all all companies are tech companies today. Yeah. We, yeah. All companies use software as a significant part of their operations. So um, the idea that it just lives in a silo is is goofy, and we should mm -hmm. avoid that. Yep. Um, so we're we're trying to lead the charge with integrating coding into into other subjects and and helping uh, both teachers and students see it as a tool. Right. Mm -hmm. So one of my favorite examples of a, a teacher taking this to heart is there's an elementary school in Santa Monica mm -hmm. that every year has done a one page essay about saying no to drugs. Right. Okay. Which is great. You are. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great message. Love it. Um, well, last year for the first time, all 635 students, instead of doing a one page essay, did a multi scene story in Story Coder on CodeSpark Academy. And awesome. it was super cute, you know, and uh, one of the funnier things that came out of it was there's a um, Little Red Riding Hood template that includes Little Red Riding Hood <laughs> and the Big Bad Wolf. Yeah. About 30% of stories had some version of the Big Bad Wolf offering drugs to Little Red Riding Hood. <laughs> her like arresting the Big Bad Wolf or running away or capturing him or whatever. So, you know, and it's just, oh. it's, it's nice for kids to be able to express themselves in a different way. You know, my mm -hmm. mom's an English teacher. I am not anti-writing or, right, or right. anti-reading, right? I, I love to read myself. I, yep. I love writing. Same. But um, it's helpful for kids to have these other modes of mm -hmm. expression. Yeah. And I, and I think something that you mentioned earlier, you talked about creativity and, and that opportunity that the kids get to create. So um, coding is really fundamental in terms of that option for kids to, to harness their, their creativity powers and actually create content instead of just consuming content. That's a big push right now in education. Yeah, and we're seeing some really cool things. Frankly, some of it expected, some of it even like cooler than maybe we thought. So, for example, in Story Coder, we give kids uh, something like 27 different expressions that they can control on the characters that they use. Wow. And they can actually make their own characters as well. Mm -hmm. And the characters can be representative of historical figures, could represent themselves, whatever. Mm -hmm. But because of the ability to control the facial expressions, mm -hmm. uh, we're now seeing teachers get creative about SEL uh, yeah. content, right? Just and thinking that, yeah. um, given how much stress there is in the world that kids inhabit right now, whether it's, you know, forest fires or politics or, uh, you know, Everything. Uh, de debates about global warming, right? There's all these things around them that they are very aware of uh -huh. and that impacts them. And they don't always have great tools for expressing how they feel about it. Yeah. And so this is just, you know, another way for them to express themselves in a medium that they're really comfortable with. That's awesome. So kids are not only using uh, the platform to code, they're also using it to be able to, to tell stories. They're also being able to use it to uh, create emotions and say, you know, oh, you know, this is a story and this is the emotions that I feel because of this situation. I love the PSA idea, basically, of, yeah. uh, you know, saying no to drugs instead of just a, a, another essay, another report. So. Yeah, it's a way to make kids think about it more deeply, to get kids excited about it, you mm -hmm. know, um, to challenge them to, yeah. to create stories in a different way, you yeah. know, and we've seen, uh, so we, you know, moderate all of the stories in particular, both Good. with algorithmic moderation and human moderation. Mm -hmm. And so we know the themes that happen at any given point in time. And so, for example, this year, you know, earlier in the year, we saw a bunch of stories about Kobe Bryant passing mm -hmm. suddenly, right? True. And kids were kind of, 
upset about that and had, had different things to say. Then we saw a bunch of uh, pandemic-related stories. So they included many stories about washing your hands. I was just going to say, you know, wash your hands. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, the stories reflect the things that they're going through at the time. And then mm-hmm. a teacher told us she was uh, nervous about taking her class totally virtual this this year. And, and she was concerned about how the kids would get to know each other right? As they mm-hmm. came back from summer vacation, because the kids that she had last spring, they all knew each other really well. Going yep. into lockdown was less of a big deal. They all yep. knew how to interact. Now you've got a new cohort starting that doesn't know each other as well. Exactly. Yep. And so what they did to break the ice was all of the kids made an avatar in CodeSpark that represented them and then built a little story that told uh, the rest of the class about what their favorite things were, some things they did that summer, you know, how big their family was, that kind of thing. And she said it worked super well. And what was interesting is that some of the kids that, you know, she knew somewhat who were super quiet and normally Mm -hmm. wouldn't speak up in that kind of exercise got really, you know, detailed about their story and and had a lot of fun sharing. So anyway, so teachers are super creative. They do things with our platform that we didn't imagine. And and we love that. And, and I can imagine even an educator listening right now, just because Grant said that that was something that a teacher did at the beginning of the year doesn't mean you can't do it in the middle of the year or right now. So, yeah. I mean, those are the things that, especially they break up the middle of the year, they break up your day, they break up, especially if they're doing virtual or online learning. After a while, they start to just start drifting off. They start to get uh, tired, throw, throw in a coding opportunity uh, for a break now and then. Just anything that we can do to get kids you know, whether they're using their, their hands, using tangible items, or whether they're designing with their hands by on, on a screen, anything that allows them to get that, that creativity. I love to have five things that you believe in on your website, the magic of ingenuity, the power of confidence, the freedom to experiment, the wonder of childhood, and again, the power of raising the bar. I mean, those are, those are things that every, every classroom should be focusing on. Yeah, no, that's that's for sure, Chris. And, you know, you mentioned a couple of things that are near and dear to our hearts. So where we believe, you know, education is heading and and belongs is um, giving kids more choice and more freedom to express themselves and to mm-hmm. choose how they express themselves uh, and to just give them more ownership, right, mm-hmm. of their education. And that's been an interesting necessity in virtual learning, right, where mm-hmm. just you're not as connected. You can't look over the shoulder as much. Exactly. So yep. you got to put lessons out there and hope for the best. And it, it doesn't always work because we're, we're all learning how to do that well. And different mm-hmm. kids provide different challenges. Mm-hmm. But I think overall, the ethos of it is positive, right? Yeah. If we can continue to think about ways to empower kids to have you know control and choice, I think that's a, a really positive thing long term. Definitely. Now, thinking about the future of STEM education, because because we're talking about coding, but that's such a, a huge integral part of, of STEM education right now. And a lot of educators yeah. are thinking, what do we hope is, is the future of STEM education? Already, we've seen things change right now in education as it is. I mean, what, do you, what is your hope, Grant, right now for, for the future of STEM education, especially in terms of, of adding those coding pieces in there, too? Yeah, I, I would say my hope is that... Um, we just continue down the path we're on and stay thoughtful and stay focused on the creative elements of STEM. What would be a tragedy is if we overthought STEM and tried to create this really rigid kind mm-hmm. of grade by grade approach to everything that we do in STEM. And, and while some STEM topics, you know, naturally lend themselves to that, 
mostly it should be kind of a beginner intermediate advanced time type approach right yeah. and as kids progress we give them more and better tools for projects and self-expression Definitely. so i think that that's my biggest hope is that we we keep that approach in mind and that we uh stay focused on projects that are relevant to the kids mm. and that um not only put learning mm. in context but get them excited about learning yeah and i think what you said there is, is putting it in relevant uh context for the kids again it's that going back to are we just teaching this this content this piece of information in a silo or are we like you said earlier grant knowing helping those kids know where to find the knowledge and be better at using those tools that they have available to them um that's right we, yep. we don't want to just be a STEM teacher because we want to check off the box that we're teaching STEM or teaching coding uh, at our school. Yeah. So educators, don't go sign up for CodeSpark Academy at CodeSpark.com just because you want to check off the coding box at your school. That is not the reason why to do it. It's, it's great and the kids will still love it, but that's not why. Well, they'll love it. And I think the secret is that you'll find your, you know, look, teachers don't have a lot of time. Yep. But once you get a little time to explore, I think you'll actually enjoy it. And we've had at least a handful of teachers that we found out about anecdotally who have become professional coders because they started playing with CodeSpark and then <laughs> and loved the concepts and just kept going and going. That's now, awesome. uh, that's going to be the exception, not the rule, right? <laughs> right but it's, right. it's pretty cool. It, and I think part of it is because of that focus on creativity and opening mm -hmm. people's imagination up to what coding is really about. Right. Yeah. And yeah. once you understand like, Oh, I could solve a problem that's meaningful to me versus, Oh, I just built this thing that, you know, who cares what it does. Uh, th those are two very different emotional connections. Right. Yep, exactly. So, Hey, uh, one last question I'd love to ask everybody. And again, we've been chatting with Grant Hosford, the CEO and co-founder of CodeSpark Academy. If you could have dinner uh, with somebody from STEM, past or present, uh, just be able to sit down and pick their brain and, and ask them what do they think about everything that's going on in the world or, or STEM or coding or whatever, who would it be? Yeah. So three people popped into my head. Good. Sure. You could have a whole given, dinner party. Given, whole dinner yeah, party. Yeah, given more time, I'd probably come up with um, you know crazier answers. But um, so there's Ava Lovelace, right? Yep. Who's largely considered to maybe be the first coder, or yep. certainly one of the first coders ever. There's right. Grace Hopper. Yep. Uh, Ada, Ada right? Lovelace, Grace Hopper, perfect. Yep. F former. Uh, Admiral in the Navy and, and uh, also inventor of the term bug, which is awesome, right? Uh-huh, yeah, because of, of a real bug, yeah. Yeah, because of the squished moth. And then Nikola Tesla, oh, yeah. uh, who just seems like a super crazy, interesting person. Yeah, and again, I think all of those people perfectly embody uh, the, the beliefs, the ideas of, of CodeSpark Academy, that, that uh, creativity, uh, that ingenuity, and, and that confidence to, to do something. And I know one of the big things uh, that you're excited about, about CodeSpark Academy is that you want to encourage, especially every kid worldwide, especially because of the no words or reading requirement, but also uh, every girl to be just as excited about coding as every boy. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that we're super proud about is that we have uh, closed access gaps for computer science mm -hmm. education on, on a scale that's meaningful. So, yeah. you know, we have uh, millions of student users a month and our 
student population is about 52% girls, which roughly awesome. mirrors how many girls there are, you know, in the population at large. Yeah. So boys love it too. It's just that it's not only for boys, like many yeah. coding platforms are, right? Yeah. The other thing is we have now 95,000 teachers using the product and over half of them are tech instruction specialists, which means they generally teach their entire elementary school. And over half of the schools that they teach at are Title I schools. That's awesome. So, you know, we're reaching kids who likely have never had computer science education before, mm -hmm. and that's really exciting to me personally. That's great. Well, Grant, uh, I can't thank you enough for just all the, all the resources, all the ideas, all the coding opportunities for educators everywhere. On behalf of all the educators listening, um, thank you uh, to, to CodeSpark Academy for providing those things. And, and teachers, if you're not one of those 95,000 plus educators out there signed up and using it, uh, become that 95,001th person out there. Sign up at CodeSpark.com. Any other quick last thoughts for us, Grant, today? No. Well, you know, Chris, I just Really appreciate your time and, and what you're doing. This is such a needed service, helping teachers cut through the clutter and find resources that can have a positive impact in their class. So, you know, thanks for having us. Uh, we yeah. appreciate it. It's really cool to be able to have a chat with you. And, you know, thanks for using your platform to share ideas like Coast Park Academy and, yeah. and other people doing great stuff in education. That's awesome. I appreciate that, Grant. And thank you very much for uh, being willing to, to share all the great stuff uh, today on the show. So remember, educators, you can subscribe on iTunes, your favorite podcast app, and leave a review so more educators can find out about the great resources and things like CodeSpark Academy. And keep up the great work, educators, because you are doing uh, the greatest job in the world. Yeah, and the hardest job in the world right now. And hopefully, you know, we're going to get some momentum on positive change for, for valuing our teachers even more and paying them even more because that's definitely where we should be headed. So hang Small in there. Uh, it's a tough time, but, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're rooting for you and trying to help you as much as we can. That's awesome. Thanks again, Grant. Appreciate it. And, uh, and educators, if you need to connect with me, head to dailystem.com and uh, we'll talk to you again next time.